Hi, friends. Hello, hello. You're listening to I'm Sorry What the Podcast with Ashley Sleek. I'm sorry, what? It's just like I showed up at your front door, bottle of wine in hand with 30 minutes of juicy ass gossip to talk about. Like, who doesn't want to do that? I'm sorry, what? We're just here to talk about all those moments that make you really question what's going on in life. Like, why are you hung up over Brad from Bumble? How did Kylie get pregnant again? And, you know, why are you living at home at the ripe age of 29? (laughs) Or is that just me? I'm sorry, what? Hello, hello, and welcome back to I'm Sorry About the Podcast. I'm Ashley Sleek. I think, honest to God, this might be the worst, worst case of me stopping and going I've ever done. I I took, I want to say like eight takes of this podcast, and then I got 20 minutes into it and stopped again. There has to be some sort of correlation of like, where my mind's at and like me doing this. So basically what I did was I just, I was like, okay, bitch. (laughs) It must be when I don't have time. I think that must be what it is. It's like, I know I don't have time. There was like, okay, maybe you shouldn't do an episode this week because you got so much going on. But I was like, no, give the people what they want. And then now that I'm doing it, I'm like, but let's make it not the easiest one you've ever done. Let's make it like a little extra challenging. So what I did is I found the last White Claw that I have in the house and I'm drinking it. It's 448 p.m. at least. And we're going to fuck shit up. The last time I when I got 16 minutes in, it was just too depressing. And here's the thing. It's it's it wasn't that sad. I just feel like it just wasn't the vibe. And there are going to be sad things. I uh, my I've cried every day since Sunday. So Sunday of last week, like not Sunday as in yesterday, because, you know, I record Mondays. I'm talking Sunday last week. uh, I cried every single day. And here's the thing. That's fine. It was a little excessive and I didn't totally enjoy it. But I thought it was going to end today because I kind of woke up and I was like, you know what? Yep, you're fine. Like, listen, you're fine. I looked at myself in the eyes and I was like, bitch, you're good. We're done no more crying. You got this. And I was I called my girlfriend and I left her a voicemail and I was like, listen, I feel good today. I need you to know that. And then what happened was is I'm trying to go get pesos. OK, by the way, I just need everybody to know that. Obviously, let me let me get this straight here. I growing up was never a procrastinator. When I got to college, I still wasn't a procrastinator. But as the years went on, I had I picked up some procrastinating tendencies. Now, every once in a while, I don't think I'm always a procrastinator, but there are certain things that that sometimes when I get really, really stressed, I just don't want to do anything. Do you guys get you? There's got to be other bitches out there that are like me. When I'm too stressed, I go into like hermit crab and I'm like, nope. Now I'm not doing anything. And so what happened was I procrastinated on getting my pesos. It's very important that I have them because I'm paying for most of the stuff, like not on my own, obviously, but a lot of the girls. So in case you're new to the podcast, hi, this is I'm sorry with the podcast with Ashley Sleek. She's extremely unstable, but fun. Um, I am been I've been planning, uh, co-planning a bachelorette party in Mexico I leave Wednesday. So the day this podcast comes out, I leave to fly to Chicago on a late flight. And um, then I meet my best friend, Aaron. And then we are staying the night in Chicago and then flying to Mexico the next day. 
So I'm there Thursday to Monday. And basically, like, there's a lot of things. So we have, like, a personal chef. And, and these aren't surprises. So, um, you know, I won't, I won't reveal any surprises until next week. There's not... Um, there's not too much. It's, it's just my favorite parts are a little bit of surprises. My two things, you know, there's one way of getting people drunk that I love. I was talking about this in the other. You guys, how annoying is it to listen to this podcast when I cannot finish one thought? Pause that. We're putting that on hold. OK, putting that sidebar. I'll come back to it. Hopefully I'll remember what I'm saying is um, I'm not really a procrastinator, but I did not get pesos and I need them. And basically, I went to Wells Fargo because everyone was like, oh, just go to your bank. Like, it's chill. I go to Wells Fargo. They're like, we don't keep pesos here. And I was like, why? Why Why don't you just have pesos on hand? Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So anyways, so now I have to go to a currency exchange store because that's a thing. But it's in the Great Mall and they're closed on Monday. So I got to go tomorrow, which kind of throws off my sketch. But it's going to be OK. I'm going to get my pesos. I hear they have them at the airport in the worst, worst case scenario. But anyways, got to go get my pesos. I procrastinated. But when it comes to planning a bachelorette party, there are three things that are my favorite parts of planning. One of them is finding creative ways to get people drunk. I whether that is. No, I'm not going to explain it because I don't want to give anything away when the White Claw's been hidden. You know what I mean? So it's nothing big, but uh, or I can give this example for Haley's. I did a beer Olympics. So there was like a whole other like games and teams and stuff where we competed. And um, basically the prize was getting drunk, you know, so things like that that I love. I also love the gifts. I love coming up with little gifts that are on theme. So obviously I won't share my presence right now because I don't know. Erin's got a little bit of time if she wants to. This podcast will come out in the morning. I see her. I don't even land till like 1130 or something p.m. So um, it's it's a late night for us. But um, so anyways, if she listens, I don't want to reveal any of my secrets until next week. Uh, the other part that I love of planning is like just it's it's the ways to make it like personal, which I think is really fun, whether, you know, it's just like understanding all the girls relationships or, you know, finding that one activity that's going to put everybody in the same room, you know, like a beer bus or something like that. So anyways, those are my favorite parts about planning a bachelorette party. So I'm really excited to uh, get to execute all those. And of course, I'm nervous. Like I I have anxiety um, about everything. And uh, I <laughs> I mentioned when I first recorded that one of my favorite parts about having a mental illness is just it's just the roller coaster ride. Like, it's just so, you know, like people who don't like you, do you just like your days are just chill. You know what I mean? You don't like wake up one day in a pit of despair. But then by lunchtime, you are Hannah Montana. Like you are an actual rock star and you're like, fuck, yeah, I need nothing. I've got my I got me, myself and I in the end, you know. No? Okay, whatever. So anyways, um, that's been my roller coaster. So <laughs> the anxiety has been fun. And I, I just get nervous no matter what when I'm planning a batch. That has nothing to do with like the bride or anything like that. But it's just nerve wracking. Like, d- is the Airbnb going to look right? Is is everyone going to show up on time? Is everyone going to have fun? Am I going to have enough food? Am I going to have enough drinks? Like, is the decor going to cooperate? Are the girls going to like me? I've only met, I met one of them. And I know that she loves me. 
because, you know, this was Aaron's like little in college. And so I went to her college graduation. So we got to meet and drink together. So I already know we're good. I met two of the girls when I was in Arizona at a different bachelorette party. We didn't talk too long, but they were really, really sweet and nice. And I'm excited to get to know them more. I don't know why we've talked about this before. Like, I don't know why I get so nervous. People aren't going to like me. That's never what happens. That's never what happens. I go to these bachelorette parties. I make 100 friends and then I try to go to their weddings. It's like, I don't I don't know why I trip so hard, but I do. I do. I get nervous. So it's a, it's a little bit of social anxiety, you know, um, <laughs> and I love that I'm starting drinking on Monday when I know for sure that all I'm going to be doing for the next like, you know, from Thursday to, to Monday is drinking. So whatever. We're kicking it off. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I'm super excited about Mexico. Um, you know, it's just it's yeah, it's it's stressful, it's, it, but it's a good stress. It's good stress. I think that anxiety gets us like bad rep or like if you get anxiety about something, it's a bad thing. But I don't think that's fair. People get anxiety about their own weddings or like starting a new job or like a new relationship or whatever. And those are good things. So that's just how I'm, how I'm feeling right now. And then, you know, things are I don't like to talk about my corporate job here, obviously, because there's many reasons I could get in trouble, first of all. Um, and I and it's just it's just a very stressful time at work right now. So it's just kind of like lining up. And then you add in the fact that I'm heartbroken and that just adds a new layer of chaos, as I call it. You know, if you listen to the podcast a lot, you know that my breakup energy is just chaotic. And, and honestly, a lot of my energy is chaotic, but uh, I think that <laughs> I have been trying really hard to not be heartbroken that I think I'm fucking it up for myself. You know what I mean? So there's a lot to talk about today. Um, I like I said, I, I cried every day. I really like committed to Mother's Day for my mom. I was like, you know what present I'm going to give you me calling you every single day crying just to remind you what it's like to be a mom. Just what just reminding you what you signed up for. It's just here I am, which, you know, was super unfair, obviously, because I'm my sister, you know, is is like due and, and like she's due in May. So I'm sure like she's having shit. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to give you a break. I, too, am going to have shit. And she's handling it amazing because she's a fucking good mom. So like it's good shit. It's all good shit. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> speaking of moms, I, I had to cut out. I don't know what I was on last week. But I made so many jokes about being a stepmom. Like literally, it was at, it was like everything I wanted to joke about when I was with Scotland. Like when I was with Scotland, I just had all these jokes like a Bruin because I just thought it was like would have been such a funny thing to talk about. But I didn't want it to be like I was taking it lightly, you know, and then obviously I hadn't talked about it on the podcast. But I think just because the nature of that to me is just, you know, I, I talked about how I thought I was going to be robbed of a Mother's Day. Like I was like, OK, well, I could have celebrated as a stepmom or a bonus mom, but I was robbed. And here's the thing. Obviously, I cut it out because I made too many jokes and I was like, oh, hey, relax. But also because then I spiraled. Right. So then I backtrack so hard on it. I think I forgot that I can cut shit out like I edit the podcast. So if I say something that I shouldn't, I can just remove it. But instead, I backtracked into this whole explanation as to what I would really have done if I was like a stepmom and Mother's Day came around. Because I was like, well, I know obviously like 
he has a, a, a mom who like birthed him. So like I would not be spending Mother's Day with him. Right. And I like went into this full explanation about like just always being understanding of that and blah, blah, blah. As if I was like in an argument about it. And it was not an argument, just like as if I was like bringing it up to Scotland. And it's like we're we're not together. I am not in this position. I do not need to justify my joke to anybody. If I need to heal through comedy, I'm going to heal through comedy. And I don't think he has any problem with that. It was just really funny. I just made like one too many. Just like just a few, you know. So anyways, um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I was talking to my mom about dating, too. And she was like, pulled some shit on me. That shit I hate. She's like, it's going to happen when you least expect it. I said, dish. You got to stop fucking saying that shit. It's so annoying. And she's like, well, you know, I just say it because it's what happened to me. So then I was thinking about this today in the car when I was singing, sing crying Kelly Clarkson. It was one of those. Okay, so listen, I brought this up on TikTok that if somebody asked me how I was doing, it's that I've been listening to all of Rachel Berry's solos from Glee. And that tells you a lot, right? But... I also had a Rachel Berry moment in the car where I was singing Kelly Clarkson a moment like this from American Idol, obviously. And I was sobbing. I was like I was performing at regionals when, you know, she gets so into her song, she starts crying like that was me. That was me. And I was like, you have to get it together. You just the way like this is it's not that serious. But, you know, I used to think a moment like this, you know, was just about something really exciting happening in your world. But then she's like, some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this, right? And then she's talking about that one special kiss. And I was like, am I going to wait a fucking lifetime? Like, is she talking about finding her person? And this is like that one special kiss when she says, I do. Am I going to have to wait a lifetime? She says people wait a lifetime. And it feels like I'm, it feels like I'm going to wait a lifetime at this point. And I'm not fucking happy about it. Okay. So then I was sobbing and it's fine. I'm allowed to act the way I need to act. I also will say this. It's not an excuse, but it, it is my period week. So whatever. Anyways, back to my mom. So she hits me with the whole like, it will happen when you least expect it. And, you know, I only say that because it happened to me. Mom, when you were dating, there was no bumble. There was no bumble. Like you were also 23. OK, I think. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know because I'm not a good daughter and I typically forget their anniversary, but it is today. And of course, I remembered. But then I was in several meetings and I and my mom called me and I was like, fuck, like I'm an asshole again. But anyways, we'll get to that. I'm gonna talk about their anniversary later. I'm going to redeem myself in a hot minute. But here. But anyways, I'm like, when you were dating, anything's least expected because you had to meet somebody so organically. Right. Like, yes, you go to a bar because you don't have Bumble. So you're not like no one's on your phone and you're swiping away doing the work. You're going to a bar and anything's unexpected at a bar. Anything unexpected can happen when you go out. You know how many unexpected things happen to me? I have had like hot dogs just thrown at me by, you know, I don't think they're thrown at me, like thrown at somebody else hit me. I got hit by a hot dog and not in a sexy way. I don't know if there is a sexy way, but I feel like I had to throw that out there. And that unexpectedly happened at a bar. I think adding shitty quality side comments while I edit the podcast is going to be a new thing I do. I just want you guys to know that I don't know where this hot dog story came from. It's not true. 
And I feel like I could have left it. But I think I was just trying really hard to find an unexpected bar story. And I just like went with this. And I have stopped this podcast so many times that I was like, no, but I just need you guys to know because I know someone's going to ask me a follow up question. And before you can do that, I, I don't know where the story came from, but um, I hadn't even had that much of my white claw. Like what? I don't know. The, the thought process on dating now is that if you're not trying, it's not going to happen. Right. So because there's all these ways of trying and it's not just like, OK, well, I don't feel like going out today. So that's just it. It's like there's no more excuses now. It's not just like, well, I went to the bars. and I didn't meet anybody. It's like, no, there's an app on your phone and put in the fucking work. Right. Like, that's what's so annoying. That's why you can't use the unexpected excuse. You have to like you got to hustle. We're in hustle culture. OK, you want a man, you got to hustle. You got to swipe on the app. It's stressful stressful okay so anyways I just think that anyone who is like just stop looking it will find you how many times has that worked for you okay that's that's the only advice you give to like a two-year-old who gets lost in a mall you're like stay where you are and someone will find you am I just supposed to stand in the middle of the road and just hope a hot guy hits me with their car and it's like oh don't worry sweetie a hot single man's going to be like, I hate you with my car and now I want to marry you. Listen, Hallmark, call me. <laughs> Anyways, okay, listen, now that I've shit on my mom for her bad um, dating advice, which was rude, I do want to talk about their anniversary. So my parents have been married 35 years today and I have had the pleasure of officiating two weddings. And in both those weddings, I talked about how even though and I've talked about it in, I think, both breakup episodes. I've mentioned how I completely understand love and what a good love looks like because I'm surrounded by a lot of like successful couples. And when I say that, I'm often talking about my friends. And I, I feel like I neglect to mention the fact that I had this amazing role model set up right, right there, a 35-year marriage right in front of my face. So I thought I would take the time to give you guys five things I learned about love or a successful relationship from my parents, not directly, just from observing them. Okay. And you know, 35 years. So I just went with the five. I don't think a 35 seems excessive. You know, I already did the 29 things I learned and everyone's like, all right, bitch, we get it. You like lists. You know what I mean? So anyways, we're going to get through these. Okay. So number one, was supporting your partner no matter what and no matter what they get into. So my mom's always been like a really big baker, right? But she has started doing the cakes for kids. If you never heard about this, it's basically like uh, you sign up to bake a cake for like an underprivileged kid or a kid in a hospital or something and you deliver it. So my dad, you know, she like wanted all these tools. So he like went out and I and I know my dad, he like does research when somebody in his in the family like gets into something he's like researches it and cares about it and I see him do that for my mom and I just find that to be so important and I think that's something that I definitely took into the relationships that I was in I really wanted I, I find it so important to care about what they care about like I just think that's if they're into something it's not that you have to be into it but you have to show that you care you know and um so that was number one. Number two was being able to read each other. I find it really fascinating watching my mom be able to like tell my dad's emotions 
like she like knows exactly when he needs space because for me I'm I'm anxious right so like if someone's upset I'm like I want to get in their business be like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry like let's talk about it let's you know and people need space my dad's somebody who needs space and my mom would be like just back off let him do his thing and it was just so quick and natural that she recognized that that he needs his area and his time and he's even got his little like man cave as we joke and she just respects it and I just think that's really important number three was that they didn't compete with each other and I don't mean that and like I'm sure it could get competitive they went and tried to go head head on cornhole or something like that but I meant that way with like us as kids, you know, there was definitely, you know, times where I think Jillian and I were closer to a different parent, you know. So, you know, there was a time that I think my mom and I were a little bit closer. And then there was a time where my dad and I were a little bit closer. And it wasn't one of these things that I felt like and maybe they argued about buying closed doors. I don't know. But it was never something that. I necessarily felt like it was this big competition, like, oh, the kids like me better or something like that, which I know there's jokes about that, but I think it can get really toxic of trying to be, you know, the better parent or something. It just seemed like they were good kind of taking turns and doing their thing. And that was like really cool to see growing up of just being like, okay, well, yes, Ashley's feeling closer to John, you know, whatever they're bonding and I don't my mom didn't make me or him feel bad about that and I think that was really special and I think the same with like my sister and my mom and now I would say I think that we're pretty equal you know um all around and it it was just nice that they never really made us feel I don't know bad about anything like that number four is that they're teammates they really are I think it's you know when one of them is having a harder time, the other one really jumps in. Like they've got that whole trade-off thing really down. And I just find that so important, you know, like it's okay for one of them to feel sick or have a bad day because the other one can kind of like jump right in. And the last one is that, you know, they, they like each other. Like not only do they love each other, but they like each other. They're like friends. My parents call each other and like gossip, you know, like they don't think we hear it, but I hear it like, you know, they talk on the phone all the time and then they still like come home and hang out. Like I've I've been with them when the other one's called and then they still go home and like chat over dinner and they just like talk about everything. And I just I think that's so cool. And like that's so important to me, obviously, like. I, I love talking. Everybody knows that. But I also love listening and hearing stories. And I just it's exciting when your partner wants to hear about what you have to talk about. And I think that's really cool. And they get involved. Like, I remember, you know, in, in my dating life when and it's it sounds really bare minimum, but it's like when someone asks a follow up question about something that you talked about the day before, like, oh, what happened with this? And you're like, oh, my God. Yes, that's right. Let me tell you this and this and this. Um, you know, it's just really cool. So overall, you know, it was it's it's being supportive, being able to read each other, not being competitive and try to fight with each other doing the whole give and take, you know, being there for one another and then just liking each other and being friends. Those are five of the things that I've learned from watching my parents, obviously not for 35 years, but for the last, oh my God, almost 30. 
We're stressing. We're stressing. I'm almost 30 years old. I'm just kidding. I'm excited. I think I'm going to thrive in my 30s. So we're good. But anyways, um, let's get into some hot gossip now that I've blessed you with my feelings about my parents. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I've watched so much reality TV. It's not like so much. It's just a lot for me because I know this is surprising to a lot of people, but I actually don't watch that much reality TV. And I'm like weirdly picky, I guess, about the shows that I watch. It's not very consistent. Like I watch Vanderpump Rules, but I don't really watch any of the Housewives. And then I watch Selling Sunset, but I don't watch like the Ultimatum. And I tried to watch Love is Blind, but I just really wasn't that into it. So right now I watch Selling Sunset and I watch Kardashians. So I'm going to start with Kardashians. I feel like I have less to talk about there. And we're going to talk about all the moments that I was fucking sobbing my eyes out. And it's going to get a little depressing, but like just fucking let it be. You know what I mean? I got to talk about it. So one of the things that made me cry was the Kravis proposal. So this was Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's big proposal. So there was some drums there. So basically what happened was Travis planned this whole proposal and then there was conversation about whether Courtney's kids should be invited. And Chris ultimately made the decision to not do it because they were too young and then they would have to like involve Scott and all this stuff. And Courtney kind of says that she she feels like it was a pretty big mistake because Penelope was really upset. And you know what? I'm not I'm not a parent. I can see it both ways. I can see where Chris was coming from, from the point of I think she thought that Courtney might want to tell the kids, you know, and so that maybe she wanted that moment. But there's the other part of, you know, they got to see, you know, the kids are seeing that Travis's kids were there and they weren't. And I kind of think it would have been I mean, Travis did a lot of amazing things like he went to Courtney's dad's grave to ask for her hand in marriage, which was really sweet. But I also think it could have been pretty cute for him to kind of ask the kids and then them be there. You could kind of see Courtney battling with the fact that she's really, really excited, but it felt like something was missing. Like you can see that in her eyes. And even like right when she sat down, I think she was excited, but I kind of think she was expecting them to be there. I don't blame Chris for the decision that she made. It was a really tough position to be in. Also, the element of Scott, you know, he is and has been historically a little bit unstable. So I think there was worry there about what he was going to do and how he was going to react. And my favorite part of the episode, listen, a Kim Kardashian is not everyone's favorite person. And I understand that. This season is winning me over for her, though. Like, I mean, do I love that she said she had to lose 16 pounds to fit into a dress? Uh, No, I don't love that. Do I think that she honestly didn't think about it? Yes, which it does make it worse. But I honestly like I don't think that Kim's grown out of that era of like thinking it's like funny or cute or she was just like I needed like sacrifices for fashion and blah, blah, blah. Like I don't think she's out of that phase, which I hope she gets out because she's has daughters, obviously. But anyways, my favorite part of of Kim, though, was everyone starts kind of like attacking Courtney about Scott. And it's like it drives me crazy, right? Because Courtney, I know we all love Lord Disick in the house, you know, and I know I've said this before, but like Courtney was in like a very like toxic relationship. And then she got out. She finds the love of her life. Right. 
She gets proposed to. She never even thought she was going to get married. She gets proposed to. She's in love. Then she asks. So she's like riding the high and then her kids aren't there. So she has to crash. Right. And then she's like, OK, I'm going to call them. She gets excited to call her kids. Kids are upset that she's engaged. Like her daughter hangs up the phone on her and like doesn't call her back. Like it's really sad. And so then she's trying to like hype herself back up. And then her sisters come in and are like, are you worried about Scott? I fucking hope to God when I get engaged. No one's like, but what do you feel about Jimmy? I mean, obviously we didn't share kids together, but I can't imagine the day of my engagement, someone bringing up my ex. It's like, why? For what? Like, let it be, you know, like talk about tomorrow. And Kim's like, you guys, she just got engaged. Let's like, let it go. Okay, now let me tell you about the really depressing part where I cried, okay? I'm just gonna be so vulnerable, be honest right now, but this is my podcast and this is what I do, okay? Because if you caught yourself crying over this, as a single bitch, I feel you. Or even not even just a single bitch. Some people are like in relationships and like, when is it going to be my turn? Here's what happened. So Courtney gets engaged, as we, as I said. She goes in, she's hugging Chris. And Chris is like sobbing uncontrollably. And she's like, I mean, I skipped this part because I'm obviously not my mom's firstborn. But she says like, oh, it's your firstborn, blah, blah, blah. But she's like, I've just waited so long for you to find your person and for you to be happy. And I just started crying because I was like, oh, my God, I've like it's not that my mom said that she's waited, but she's been like, I just can't wait for you to find your person. Like, I'm just so ex- I, I can't wait for you to find the person that's going to make you feel the way you make people feel. You know what I mean? And so since I've heard that and obviously I'm emotionally unfucking stable, like let me fucking be. You know what I mean? Because she said has said those kind of things to me, I was like, oh, my God, like it must be hard to watch. I mean, I know how hard it is when I see my friends going through breakups and just like watching them be sad or watching someone be with the wrong person. You know, it's just like it's killer. And like, God, for a mom, like that must be really tough, too. And, you know, obviously I say that, I don't know, I'm always like fucking justifying my shit. I'm so annoying. But I mean, that that statement's not necessarily about Scotland, about the wrong person. But like, you know, I mean, I, I stayed with, with Jimmy for a really long time. I don't even, I just call him what it is. His name's Jimmy. He was on the podcast before. So it's not like I'm hiding him or whatever. But obviously we broke up a long ass time ago. And, you know, I mean, that's sad. And then I was just like, oh, my God, I hope I I hope she doesn't have to wait that long. You know, I mean, it is what it is. It will happen when it happens. But I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want it to be like that. So whatever. I'm just going to say how I really feel. I'm nervous that I'm going to be like alone for a really long time. And I don't know. I'm nervous about that. Isn't everyone, though? Aren't all my single bitches a little bit like I, I go? I mean, obviously, I'm in the like. I love myself. I can be alone phase for sure. Like I get that. But that doesn't mean every once in a while I'm not like, oh, fuck, it's never going to happen for me. You know what I mean? And that that brings me to Selling Sunset. Okay, Selling Sunset was a really big eye opener for Ashley, you know, in the reunion specifically. But there was a lot of moments where two big moments that I was like, oh, this is really big eye openers about breakups. So Chriselle on the show is dating, is it Brett or who's the other one? Shit, which one? Jason. Sorry, Bobby. She's dating Jason. And then, you know, they listen. I know there's a lot of controversy and people are like, oh, was it just for the show? I don't buy it. I don't buy it 
people say now that they definitely don't think Jason was at maybe Chriselle. And I'm like, no fucking way. I think that all those emotions are very real. And so they break up at the end. Sorry, spoiler, but you should know. Um, And she says, she says, and I don't know if I wrote down the exact quote on here or just paraphrased it. Let me. Oh, I did. I wrote I wrote down basically the quote of what she said. So she's talking about feeling sad about the breakup. And she's like, what's hard is when it feels like I have it locked in. And I'm like, I got it. I figured out the code to life. You know, I'm so happy. And I'm with someone who respects me. And it's everything I've ever dreamed of. And then it doesn't work. Like, and then, you know, she continues. She's like, and it doesn't work out. And I'm like, that is exactly what what was hard for me with the Scotland breakup. It was because a lot of the times I'm like, okay, like you weren't together that long. Like, you know, but I hear other people talk about on TikTok how they're like, oh my God, my three month relationship was harder to get over than my, you know, like six year relationship. And I think there's a lot of things to that. And I'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. But I just wanted to say when she said that, I was like, that's what it was, was I thought I had it figured out. I was like, oh, my God, it cl- everything clicked to me. Everything. I was like, and I know you've heard this in the breakup episode, but it was just like, oh, my God, I I found somebody. I'm so happy. I genuinely felt like things were going to get happier. Like I just saw it getting better. And I was like, this is so fucking exciting, blah, blah, blah. And then when it doesn't work out, you're just like, there's a part of you that almost feels betrayed by your own emotions or your own excitement. At least that's how I felt. I was like, I feel like I let this in and I got excited about it and I let myself feel comfortable and let me feel like I got it figured out. And then I didn't. And that was like really shitty. So when she said that, and it was really interesting, I wrote this down because I said like, why are we so hard on ourselves as women? This is like literally the quote that I wrote down. I said, I because she said, I feel like this is something I should have fi- have figured out by now. And I'm like, we're so fucking hard on ourselves. Like we go through breakups and we're like, well, I, I should have known. Like, why am I getting like not played per se, but it's like, why am I getting heartbroken again? I haven't figured this shit out. It's like, it's not it's not us. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like I've had to come to terms with this so hard, you know, that like Scotland and I's breakup really didn't have anything to do with me. And it was hard to get there. And it took me a really long time. And, you know, it's like, but because we're, we're so hard on ourselves, we're like, we had to do something wrong. Or like, how do we not see it coming and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you're just happy and in love. So you're just a little blind and like shit happens or like not necessarily blind or it's just like, it really wasn't you. And that's, that's just it, you know? And, and it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, okay. <laughs> the other things that I, um, that I loved that she said, so she said on the reunion, she was like, it's really easy to get over, or it's not really easy, but it's easier to get over a breakup when you're pissed off. And she's like, I'm, you know, I'm not mad at him. And I'm like, Oh, my God. I'm like, I totally fucking understand that, too. I'm like, I I agree. You know, sometimes being mad, it's easier because it's like justified, you know. So I get that. Um, OK. Other things I thought were fucking weird about the Selling Sunset reunion, though, is I, I, I think there's other people who said this, but I felt very uncomfortable for Chriselle. I mean, I knew that she had to have known that those questions were coming because she had the clip. So if you don't know, Chriselle is dating um, 
I think I think their name is is G. Was it? Oh, my God. I can't remember. I know it starts with G. They're a rapper. They're non-binary. And, um, you know, she, Chriselle, she had to know that that these questions were coming because she had the clip prepared from G's music video that she, that she was in. Right. But it still felt like I know I felt like this was a big moment for Chriselle. Like I felt like this was kind of this big coming out moment and it felt very forced in question. And I thought it was so awkward when the host then asked if anyone else is like dabbled in a, in like another like sex or like have you kissed a girl when G's non-binary and then it was just like really awkward because it almost made it it almost made it sound like it was some phase that Chriselle was going through and I don't think that's fair like if Chriselle is in love with G let's not play it off as if it's some sort of phase but it was really uncomfortable because like they had just I mean it was separated nicely but they were just talking about her and Jason's relationship. You know what I mean? And it was super awkward. But what I what I will say is the the weirdest part of the whole thing, the weirdest part was the fact that they had everybody walk in the dark and then turn on the lights. There was a pool right in front of those couches. Was no one concerned that they were going to fall in? I just found that part so fucking weird. It was so strange to me. And the other part that I wanted to like note on and I listen, I know a bunch happened, but it was just kind of like I think me and my state was just focused on all the breakup shit because she's a softy. And anyways, so I think <laughs> I think that's really just all what like what resonated with me. But I did think what was interesting was that Chriselle actually stood up for Christine. And I hope this like comes up in the next seasons. Like, I mean, I'm pissed we didn't get the satisfaction of like a trailer for season six. So I'm like, is Christine in it? Like, it doesn't sound like she works at the Oppenheim group anymore. You know, like Chelsea's in. I feel like are Chelsea and Christine still friends? She said yes, but I don't know. It's very confusing. But they were talking about Christine and Chriselle was the one who was like, it feels weird talking about her when she's not here to stand up for herself. And I was like, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, damn, this is shady. But Chriselle said it. And I was like, oh, like, good for you for standing up for Christine. Like, that was actually like really nice. But yeah, overall, what I thought about the season was that it was still kind of interesting, I feel. But it, I, I almost think because some people are like, you need the Christine because you need the drama of Christine. But I feel like there's there's drama in other ways. I think that reality TV thinks that women need to fight with each other for it to be interesting. And I disagree because what I found interesting was um, I definitely thought the whole Emma dating story with the, that guy was really interesting. And then she's like, they didn't even make out. It's like the sexual tension was so hot. I could feel it from the screen. It was like watching Bridgerton. And I was like, OK, bang it out in the hot tub. But like, whatever. So anyways, um, but I also think like the whole Romaine and Mary, like like Mary putting an offer on a house without her husband seeing it like that's weird that's very weird because it, it didn't feel like one of those cute like Jim and Pam I surprised you with the house things it was like I picked a house without you when you know he's fucking sensitive about his masculinity you know then 
the Chriselle breakup and all that shit. Very interesting. I don't know. I don't feel like, oh, my God. And then the other girl getting a promise ring when they thought she was getting an engagement ring and that whole awkward shit like that was interesting. So I don't know. I don't feel like we need this whole like, oh, my God, we all hate Christine storyline. I'm kind of like I'm snoozed by it, to be honest. And maybe that's just me. I don't know. But overall, it's been a it's been a a very big reality weekend for me week. And this is what I was doing in between cry sessions and then making me cry more. I mean, even the brother was crying over the the breakup. And oh, OK, this is something else I want to talk about. Sorry, this was another like realization I had was Jason mentioned that and he apologized. He's like, I know I didn't handle the breakup really well because I didn't want to see you hurt, you know, and and I personally heard that from Scotland and, you know, everyone was talking him talking about watching her kind of cry and that whole thing and like how hard it was. It kind of like, I don't know, it kind of clicked some things in for me, too, because, you know, I do genuinely think that, you know, Scotland's this amazing guy and 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 I always did think it was really hard for him to see me upset and stuff like that. But when I watched Jason talk about it, I was like, oh, OK, so like maybe this is legit. But how sad was that? Can you really blame me for like crying over everything when like life's so fucking tragic sometimes? You know what I mean? And But I was crying at happy stuff, too. Like I said, Heather's vows in her wedding. I thought they, they honestly they weren't even that amazing, but they made me cry. I was just happy for her. I'm just happy when people like find it. Because I'm just like, I'm just so, I I mean, I celebrate all sorts of, you know, accomplishments. I just, I don't think that the only great thing you're going to do in life is get married, obviously, because I'm big on like job promotions, buying a dog, buying a house, just getting an apartment. You know, I, I'm proud of you that you went to Target and only bought one thing. That's an accomplishment. I'm proud of you for getting out of the bed in the morning. I, so just to say that, but when it comes to love, because I'm just such a fucking softie with my big old heart, hopeless, romantic bullshit that I'm on, you know, when I see that, I just get, I just get so excited. I just get so excited. Hi friends. I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my new favorite brands, Kitsch. I don't know about everyone else, but I'm going back into the office and Kitsch has not only been so useful from work from home life, it is also very helpful for going back into the office. So listen to this. I started with the very cute like cheetah print satin pillowcase that I'm obsessed with. It sets the tone for my new bedroom. I'm in love. And honestly, it really does make my skin and hair feel better. And I'm not just shitting you on that. And then when I was working from home, listen, I would do this thing where I would take a shower and then I would throw my hair up in the towel scrunchie. And then like when I felt like getting out of my pajamas and I had to have a meeting, I would go blow dry my hair and it cut down the time astronomically. Astronomically. And then now I've got like the little ice roller thing because now I have to be up and like get in a car and drive to work. So I need to wake my ass up. And the ice roller just does just that. And it's so amazing, so helpful. And then I also got the heatless curler. So I can like curl my hair in that little, you know, pillow looking thing. And then I drive to work and I take it out and bam, I look flawless. I highly recommend Kitsch. They have all sorts of amazing products. Like I just named a bunch, but they have so much more. And you can get 15% off with promo code AshleySleek15. That is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E, Sleek, S-L-E-E-K, 15. And you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram to shop super easy. It's at AshleySleek on Instagram. Okay, bye.
Okay, so I'm going to be very honest. I kind of recorded a second half to this podcast, you know, and I, you know, talked about just feeling really sad from the breakup and stuff. And um, I think rightfully so. I'm allowed to not be ready <laughs> to talk about everything and like how I'm really feeling and stuff like that. So, um, but I do love to be honest with you guys because you're my friends, you know, and so I'm not going to go into everything that I feel right now, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm just having a little bit harder time than I was hoping to, um, right now with a lot of things and with the breakup in general. And, you know, sometimes I feel really embarrassed because I'm like, you should, you should be okay right now. But it's just like what I was talking about with Chriselle. It's like, why did we like give us our, why do we give ourselves such a hard time for just like feeling things? I am somebody with a really big heart. And when it breaks, it breaks really hard. And, you know, like just because I didn't, I wasn't in a five-year relationship with Scotland doesn't mean that like being out of it isn't really hard, you know? And I think that we're all allowed to like grieve a relationship as much as we need to. So anyways, I think I'm just kind of going through a little bit of a reality show of my own and, you know, real realizing the reality of the situation. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready to talk about it, if that's okay with you guys. So instead, I'm just going to end the podcast a little bit early. I'm going to do more research on how to get some pesos. I'm going to finish my fucking white claw. And, you know, I'm going to get my ass ready for Mexico because I'm really excited. And it's going to be a really good time. And I put a lot of work into it. Me and my co-maid of honor put a lot of work into it. And I'm going to fucking enjoy it because my best friend's getting married. I've known her since we were like, what, 15 years old. And we've gone through a lot of life's phases together. And when she got engaged, I went through a breakup. And when she's getting married, I'm going through a breakup. And we always manage to make that shit fun. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to have a really fucking good time. And I just right now, I think I just need to be positive. I just need to manifest positivity and manifest that I'm going to be okay and get through this and just enjoy the good things going on in my life. Because sometimes I have a tendency to like let good things go by because I'm stuck in the thoughts of something else. But like all these great things are happening, even though things are stressful, like there's wonderful things happening around me. And I just right now, I'm totally going to allow myself to be sad when I need to be sad. But right now, I just I think I just need to be happy and I need to be positive. So I'm going to end the podcast here. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate it. For some reason, I listed this as the 96 episode. I li listed the last episode as 96, but like it was 95. So today is really 96. We're four away from 100. Thank you so much for going on this journey with me and believing in me and like listening to this podcast, like when I'm crying, when I'm not. I think it's just been everything that I've needed and more. And you guys are so fucking supportive. And thank you so much for listening. And I just love you so, so fucking much. So don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and download. I can't wait to be back next week with all the Mexico juicy gossip and tea. Don't worry, I will not drink the water. Several people have texted me that and I am prepared for that part. Just got to go get my pesos. Okay. All right. I love you all. Okay. Bye.